touch these two strands together, and the Daleks are finished. Have I that right? To destroy the Daleks, you can't doubt it. But I do. You see, some things could be better with the Daleks. Many future worlds will become allies just because of their fear of the Daleks. It, it isn't like that. But the final responsibility is mine. Not mine alone. Listen, if someone who knew the future pointed out a child to you and told you that that child would grow up totally evil, to be a ruthless dictator who would destroy millions of lives, could you then kill that child? We're talking about the Daleks, the most evil creatures ever invented. You must destroy them. You must complete your mission for the Time Lords. Do I have the right? Simply touch one wire against the other, and it's it. The Daleks cease to exist. Welcome to Into the Time Vortex podcast. This is the 100th episode of our podcast, and we're going to be doing a classic Doctor Who episode called Genesis of the Daleks. I am Ken. Jeff. Julia. So we, we wanted to have a special episode, one that was revered by everyone, <laughs> called Genesis of the Daleks. Um, Six-part episode that was in 1975, that was part of that whole season that sort of all connected together. It was um, written by, it was produced by Philip Hinchcliffe and directed by David Maloney, written by Terry Nation and Robert Holmes. And uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this episode. So what do you guys think of it, first off? Oh, I loved it. Okay. <laughs> it's a classic. It's like, should be everyone's top five. Uh, I didn't love it. Okay. Um. So the, the synopsis, the very brief synopsis, mm -hmm. is that the Doctor um, and his companions get sent by the Time Lords to Scarrow to wipe out, uh, or to prevent the creation of the Daleks. So, um, it's been a while since I've been this, I've seen this episode. I did see it recently in the theater. They showed that, um, shortened version. Short version in the theater. And, and, um, so I watched it again and sort of like the idea that they, um, they cut it back because some of the stuff they cut out was pretty bad, but um, overall, I thought this episode really starts off um, with a lot of great atmosphere. Um, just the whole slow motion film sometimes, and just the setup, especially the first episode with all the fog and everything, really gets a good start. And, it, and it's also, it's been a while, but I'm like, boy, this is really violent. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was really violent, and I read up on that, you know, and obviously, what's her name there? Mary Whitehouse must have gone crazy with this episode, but obviously what was happening at this point in this season, especially with this episode, was they wanted to get more more adult with the, with the stories and not as ch childish or whatever, which I, I like. I'm glad they did it, you know, and when, it, when a Doctor episode really... As long as it doesn't go overboard, I guess I, I'm all in on it. So that's why I kind of like this episode a lot. So we should hear why she hates it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I, I just I thought it was it was you know it's way too long. Mm -hmm. It's way too long, and it was really confusing for a while. 
I just was, I had no idea what was going on, and there was all... Uh, There's a lot of, it's a lot of back and forth in this one. This is one of your typical, there's not that many of these left. When, when Chronologically, the six-parters were, were seeing their end days. This is like the beginning of the end. There was only a few more uh, in Tom Baker. There's that, that was it. They don't do it well. about three more, maybe? Yeah, Two? Seed, Seeds of Doom, Invasion of Time, and Arm of Wing Armageddon Factor. Is that f is yeah, that's four. Well, Shadow would have been five, but that kind of sort of doesn't count. So there's not that many of the yeah. six-parters left, and this is an example of when you watch this, there's... Davros is working for the, 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 the um, I was going to say the dolls, but the Khaleds, and then he goes over and is helping with the falls, and he's back and forth, back and forth, and meanwhile, Sarah's back, you know, they're all back and forth, and it's the usual, like, run up and down the corridors, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of story with this, and this is an example of how they wrote that way, they did it on purpose, they wrote it as if it was going to be like, oh, now we're going to add this twist where they go and have this discussion, and then they decide, I don't know how many episodes it took them to decide on whether or not to s stop Davros's project, and it's like, boy, you know, I, I can see where, you wonder, where you're, you're saying it goes on forever, because they, everything is, it's not real time, but it's kind of like they show the whole process. And don't forget, back then, in 75, it was on once a week. Yeah. You weren't watching it all in one right, day. Right, right. And I, you know, I get that, but I still think there's a lot of re repetition of, you know, they get captured, they escape, they get captured, they escape, they get mm -hmm. captured, they escape, and then every, you know, yeah. I mean, they get captured like three or four times. Yeah, but that, but that's the the format. But so, um, but definitely, when you're watching it today and you're watching it all at once, it, it's it is a lot of re repetition, and I, I mean. Even watching it once a week, I would have to imagine, I guess your memory kind of moves on and then you go, you're not as worried about the recapture, not as worried about, didn't you see that already? Because you would kind of like go, oh, okay. Well, when you're watching it weekly, especially when the kids were in school, they said, how do you think the doctor and Sarah and Harry can get out with this yeah. one, blah, 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 so I had a discussion. Yeah, there's some really good cliffhangers in this one. <laughs> well, in the... Dalek mutants on the doctor's face. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> the um, I, I love the idea that they go to this war, war zone or whatever, and there's different types of weapons. And the first weapon that we see was, <laughs> this is like the geek in me coming out, was the weapon from Galaxy Four, the the yeah, the, and I think it was also used in war games too. Um, but it was a futuristic looking gun, then they had the machine guns and the gas mask and everything and so I kind of like... they have like flintlock pistols and stuff too? Maybe. I mean, they really had like old, old yeah. weapons too. So I, I like that concept. It sets up a mystery right off the bat because you're not sure who's fighting who. It looks like it could be a um, a present day war, but you know you're on Skaro. But um, the Daleks weren't in it much. Not at the you beginning. You see a glimpse yeah. of one in a test area, mm -hmm. they're testing the weapon, but really it was a Dara story mainly than a Dalek story. Yeah. A and um, obviously the whole Khalid race is sort of like, and the Daleks are 
you know, the the Nazis basically. I think they even salute like the Nazis to they a degree. They do. They go like this. Yeah. So there's a lot of Niter and and all that are very much. They didn't disguise that too much. They went nope. right out and did that. Um, yeah, that was really obvious to me, and uh, you know, I, I, then I kept thinking, oh well, this is only really like 30 years after the World War II ended, so yeah. I guess it was a lot more. Yeah, and um, but the Daleks, even from the Daleks' point of view, that they're um, a race of beings that want to exterminate everyone that's not inferior and not like them. Yeah, and so that's even back in Daleks. So they just went with the same plot, basically, but they this time introduced like a, a um, Hitler type of character or whatever in, in, in Davros, I guess. And um, So this is the first time you see Davros? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is the first Davros episode and it's <laughs> one of the best for him. Yeah, because Michael Wisher played him. Yeah. It's the only time he played him, right? Yeah, only time. Because then every other time he comes back he's not quite as good, but... It wasn't the last role that Michael Wisher played. No, no. He's in the next story, <laughs> and he's in another story after he's that in, one. He's yeah. in quite a bit of... He was in a few beforehand, too, I think. So was in Peter Miles, who played yeah. Niter. There's a lot of that. I noticed, when we get to Revenge of the Sidemen, it's like a... I could go on for a it's whole like half a hour. It's like gallery. Yeah, it's Who's everyone that in, was yeah. ever in the show. And they didn't... There's a lot of people been in the show in the Troughton area, or in this story, too. Yeah. And, and they don't care about, like... You, you'll see a character in one episode, and then two weeks later, a different story, and there's a, it's the same actor. And it's like they didn't really, back then, they didn't really <coughs> care as much about that. Nowadays, you see it a little bit in the new show. We've had a couple of companions who were, who were originally, the, the, they played different characters, yeah. and Doctor. They played different characters, and they came back a season or two later as, but, you know, you got the Colin Baker, and um, Lala Ward, and as main characters, but you have a lot of other background people that are like in every episode, it seems like. Right. But um, I thought there were some great sets underground, and the whole Niter character I thought was excellent. His sneakiness, this scene where he goes, uh, who do you think is going to be on our side? Yeah. And he goes, uh, thank you, I just, that's all I wanted to know! You, you know, it's just like... He was just so stereotypical of <laughs> the bad guy, though, yeah. you know? I mean, it's like, can you paint him with a broader brush? <laughs> yeah, but he's great, though, in this movie. I mean, he was. He was, you know, chewing up the scenery and being a bad guy, and he was good at it. Yeah. But it was just like... Well, you have to He's imagine. such a bad guy. How could anybody believe that he would change his mind all of a sudden? Yeah. You know? Well, the thing is, you're watching it, and you go, at some point, Niter's got to go, wait a minute, now, these Daleks are bad news or whatever. And, of course, he fi I think he eventually figures it out when he gets exterminated. When they shoot him? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, and but the ending was so typical of the Daleks. They turn on their creator because he was different than he was. Yeah. 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 And he had advanced... Right in front of him, and he didn't even notice. Mm. Or they evolved right in front of him. Um, and so they, they spread out this whole story within six parts, and, and I thought they... You do know what the best part of the whole episode is, right? When Tom Baker's talking about... The, when no, 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 when Harry gets attacked by the clams. Oh, God, that was hilarious. <laughs> I said, why are there giant clams in a cave? Because they're mutants. Thank God they don't move fast. 
Wait a minute, they didn't move at all. Uh, how did Harry not see it when he stepped into it? It's beyond me, but it's still that's the funny. And, and the overacting is like, oh, he's got my leg! That was cut out of that 90-minute version that that's came like out the of the theater. Part, that's the funniest part of the whole film. And they take in the stalactite, and they're sticking it in yeah. there to try to pry free. It was funny, it was, though. It was hilarious. No, I, I didn't like that at all, and I'm glad they cut that out of the 90-minute film. Oh, that was so funny. I love that scene. I was like, here comes the giant clams. <laughs> it's just like he ranks right up there with the Zarbi running into the camera. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, well, when we talk about bad effects and bad stuff, nothing compares to Revenge of the Cybermen, which will be our next story. <laughs> but we'll continue with Genesis of Daleks. Um, but, I mean, this is like the origin. If you're a Dalek fan at this point, I have to imagine this was one of the first Dalek episodes we probably would have seen here. It was in the, the first Dalek story I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I think it would have been my first, because the only other one would have been Destiny of the Daleks. I used and, to find the Daleks terrifying. <clears throat> yeah. Because I first started watching new Doctor Who. <clears throat> And so when the Daleks showed up, I was like, oh my god, what are these things? They are so scary. <clears throat> now they, I just find them annoying. Well, I, I, and one of the discussions we can have is, I think, I'm thinking about this today with Revenge of the Cybermen, because I personally feel like the Cybermen have not been handled well at all in the new series. Mm -hmm. There's been a couple examples. The, the, the first part of that Capaldi episode I thought was fantastic. And then they were okay in the their first uh, this the um, Age of Steel or whatever. But overall, I think they've been not handled well. And they haven't been handled well in the classic series either. Revenge of the Cybermen might be a bad example. Might be a good example of not. But Revenge is not the worst. It's not the worst. There's other ones later on. But um, it's ironically, Revenge would have been the first time I've seen Cybermen, and the best episodes are the ones that. Missing. We've, we've missing or, or have only seen bits and pieces of and I was like I, that was the ones I really like but but anyways Daleks the genesis of Daleks this would have been apart from maybe seeing the movies which I might have seen before this I just, which wouldn't have counted you know, my, my knowledge of them is kind of limited but um, I thought they were pretty good in this they, they were <coughs> you, you know there's the previous <laughs> episode to this they're not so good. They they were overused. Um, Death of the Daleks in the John Perry yeah, they era. Were the they were overused in the classic as well as as the new series. They get better. I, th I think there's a few good ones later on in the um, in the classic run, and there've been uh, some okay ones. Obviously, Dalek was really good in um, the new series, but but this is an example of one that I thought they weren't overused. No, they weren't overused in this one. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, generally in, as a as a big bad, I'm kind of tired of the Daleks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because even in the new series, they're there every season. Mm -hmm. Every season is a Dalek story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think the six-part, uh, um, in my notes here, I feel like I'm supporting the six-part um, idea, even though I understand why someone would think that the six parts is too long, um, because they, they really, uh, everything is unveiled in such a slow process. It almost seems natural. All the characters are developed, or mostly developed, and, and they're not necessarily good development characters, but they're 
They're at least they're they're reintroduced to new characters like after the fall. Yeah. I think they want win and then all of a sudden the dogs come and invade and you're introduced to a whole new group of yeah. characters. Because it's like two stories. And this is an example of how you handle two companions. There's only two in here as opposed to three. But when you watch this, they are separated. They're, this is natural of Hartnell and Troughton, especially Hartnell, where they separated these characters through most of the... Sarah Jane doesn't see them practically at all through most of the series. This is fifth episode, I think. You know, and, and so she's on her own. She has plenty of time to have... She, you know, is involved in the uprising uh, of the Mutos, and she's involved in all that. Harry has stuff to do, not as much, but... He was with the doctor. With the doctor. Her, yeah. So that's a great way of doing it with a with a 45 minute episode or a 50 minute it's hard to do that right. with two companions let alone I three. I think this was Harry's best episode because the doctor wasn't aggravated with him yeah. or annoyed with him. Why is the doctor always angry with him? I mean, well, he's I, I always think, annoyed by I him. I think, well Harry can be annoying I think. I, I think but in this story he wasn't. No. Yeah, it's he funny. He saves his life because he steps on the mine, and he had a. It's funny because the first thing that the doctor does when he steps on the mine is says, "You two get away. I there was no reason for you to be in danger." And like, no, no, no. And Harry goes, "I'm here to help you." The next story, nice. The next story, uh, <laughs> it's Arachnid. <laughs> uh, Arachnids of UK. The next story, um, Revenge of <laughs> Sidemen. He unlocks the thing with Harry right in his face. You know, it's like, oh, you can stay here now because, you know, maybe it's okay. But, anyways. Well, no, that was the best episode because he wasn't no. really annoying. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I'm just saying that this is an example of how they handled the two companions really well. Um, and Sarah had a lot to do, too. I mean, yeah. well, that's what I'm, what I'm saying. And she helped build the, load the radiation for the bomb. Yeah. Harry, you know, he ran the escape. Mm -hmm. They don't keep it up through the whole the t the two of them together. They 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 have some issues with with them later on, but um. But I think they did a really good, and maybe that six parter adds to that where they're able to flesh out these characters and have more moments with them. Because the less time you have, the less time you have to see these people on screen. Yeah, I I liked the guy who was the scientist. Who was like, we can't be doing this. We shouldn't be making, you know. The, yeah. The, and then they kill him, of course, because <laughs> that seems to be what they always do with the good guys. Yeah. Um, I liked his character. Voice of reason. <laughs> I thought he was, you know, he was well developed. He didn't sound like I am an actor reading my lines because a lot of them sound like that. Yeah. They don't sound like just people talking. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the few that I thought sounded. Like natural, doing what he was doing. Yeah, I don't know if I have his name written down, oh, but it's um, um, but I interesting. European no scientist, right? Yeah, John Gleason was in this one. Who? John Gleason, you know, canine. The voice of canine. John. He played a guard. Okay. John, it's not Gleason. Oh, it's Lee. Oh, never mind. Gleason. Gleason, I got a mistake. I don't know uh, who played the scientist guy. Yeah. I don't know if I have that written down. I have notes after. I don't remember what his Ronson, name was. was it? What? Ronson? I can't remember. 
So, um, interesting, I, I picked up on this after the first episode airs and the second episode comes on. There's no recap. There's no, like, uh, three-minute going back and seeing what happened in the previous episode. And oh. I was like, wow, that's weird. And I looked it up, and it, it it's rare. It's not unheard of, but it's it's a rare situation. And I was like, well, oh, that's wonder why. And if you watch that episode, that second episode, it's it's completely full. Like, they have so much going on, and I think... But then the... The previous, the next episode, they're like padded out again, and the, and it runs short. And it's like, I guess they wanted, they had a cliffhanger thing where they wanted it at a certain time or whatever. So they ended up not having enough time to um, to have a cliffhanger or not have a recap, anyways. Um, I think the Doctor's really great in this. One of the reasons I like Doctor Who is because <laughs> I've said this before with the new series, how it how the new series doesn't do this as much is everyone's serious except for the doctor he comes into the situation and he's like you know i want some tea and they start yelling at him and he goes what no tea yeah and i guess there's no tea you know he just keeps mentioning it and everyone's just kind of ignoring him or whatever except for the companions rolling her eyes or whatever but um and, it, and then he turns it on a uh, right away he turns it and said gets really serious and he says you know, he starts saying, why, you know, why are you working with the Daleks or whatever? So there's always, that's, Tom Baker's really great at that. I think he's one of the best at it. And, um, you know, this is before Tom Baker goes nuts, loses it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's really good, and, and obviously this is only his well, first season. Well, Williams yeah. loses control, and they couldn't rein him in. Um, I think... Tom Baker's great in this episode. We already <coughs> talked about the companions and his interaction with Davros, with Niter, everyone. He just has, a, even like the scientists like you mentioned, and it's just a, I thought there was a lot of good chemistry in this story completely. I don't think there was any major problems with character back and no. forth. At first he couldn't blow up the incubator. Yep. And then he goes back. But he actually doesn't do it because the Dalek comes in and Dalek rolls over it. Yeah. But if that was the case, then he didn't really prevent their creation. He just made it so they would be less aggressive or whatever. So it was kind of... He stunted their growth, maybe. It took yeah. him longer to develop. But he didn't really succeed in his mission. Well, I mean, there's two speeches in this uh, this story that are amazing. That they like sum up the characters. The doctor sends Davros out and says, "If you had a virus, the pill that you would, you know, the the thing that you crush and it would have the virus in it, would you do it?" And Davros is really like, "Hmm, let me think about that for a second. And he's not overboard. He's not. Yeah, I would do it. Yes, yes, I would. He thinks about. It, he goes, you know, he, put, he yeah, you know what, I would. And it really." gives you an idea of the, in the mind of the bad guy how a lot of bad guys probably have that same thought and and meanwhile the doctor has the, his debate and Sarah's like of course you have to kill me it's like wait a minute now there, there, if I do this there's a lot of good that comes out of the Dalek the and, enemies that unite together, together yeah. And, yeah and it's really fundamental it's a fundamental time travel question because the doctor is basically posing this, and it's almost like this is one of the mantras of the whole series, in that 
he, he's saying, do I have the right to do that? In this case, it's not, something's not time-locked and I can't do it. It's, here I am, I have the opportunity to wipe this out and I don't do it. Or well, let's say Capaldi's doctor is doing it, gets sent back to Jazz Daleks and he, they know about the time war. Let's say, do you think he wipes them out? It's well, now it's a different circumstance. Well, didn't they have this debate? They didn't have that. Didn't they do this with Capaldi? Didn't they have that opportunity and they decided they, like the, he had a choice and he ended up putting Gallifrey in that bubble. Well, or that would have been killing him and all the Time Lords too. Yeah. I and now it was Matt they, Smith that did that. Maybe yeah. So if they had Capaldi, just, I'm just using that as an example. If they send him back to wipe out the Daleks, it would. Would Colin Baker have done it? I think so. Yeah, I think Colin Baker's doctor would have done it. I think uh, McCoy's doctor definitely would, because he. Yeah, some of the some of the doctors are more ruthless than others. Um, maybe but, but David. Tennant. I think Tennant would have done it because towards the end there, he was getting pretty. Yeah, Michael Yeah, because wipe them out. would have done it in a heartbeat. We're like, okay, just, okay, let's go. Yeah, I mean, because like, they know the time. Mind, yeah, yeah, the time war and all that. So. That's an interesting question, but um, Tom Baker is right on that edge. He's one of those characters that's in, in between, and uh, he has that moral s stance that I think makes the Doctor an interesting character. He's not one, all one way or the other. You know, but, mm -hmm. but just like in <coughs> interesting theories that you read, that, that the Time Lord, you know, now with the new things and the fans go, do you think that just to delve deeper in it, like off-canon, whatever. Do you think the Time Lords had a premonition that the Time War was coming, and this was like kind of trying to be like the first strike against the Daleks to wipe them out to prevent the war from happening? It, it could be. I, I think. Or you could take the story and you can expand it. Yeah. Especially with the stuff that they have, they came out with now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that definitely t can tie into it. I don't necessarily like when that happens. Oh, I don't either, but it's actually but it's, it's it interesting does, sometimes when you think about it. Yeah. It doesn't destroy the uh, past, which Moffat tends to do sometimes. And, um, another, I, I don't know why I'm writing this stuff down, but in episode two, the cliffhanger is actually a freeze frame of yeah, Sarah, Sarah falling, and that's rare as well. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, I think it happened. They're in, actually pretty mean to her because when she's trying to come when they were trying to save her they kick her off oh, and yeah. he grabs her like again very violent very I was like man if they had done that today there would have been so many complaints yeah I, when i watched the scene it's funny because we've seen it a few times in our life and we're like oh yeah that's just the episode and then we watch it now and i'm like whoa you, you know they, they they you know they did that now. Mary Whitehouse so dropped her tea on that one i'm sure she's like where's the phone i gotta call bbc then he also like puncher no not this one did they like shove her or hit her or something like that to sarah the guard or am i thinking of something oh, else i don't know but i was just like damn they did that now they'd be like complaints they're dangling i have it down dangling sarah scenes <laughs> <laughs> um um i like the the one of the science fiction um themes in this is science seems to come off as being all good but it actually is it it's, evil. it's all it's being used and for there's no good side on this there's no good 
good guy in this because mm -hmm. the Thals are, are up there. That, you know, they're not necessarily the victim in this. They're no, they've been they've been, been fighting him too. Yeah, they're they're firing the, their <coughs> missiles or whatever. It's just back and they forth. The man Davros gives them the formula for the dome. They're like, let's fire off the rocket. Let's kill them all. So you're just like, eh, you really. Can't. Well, it's hard to feel sorry for anybody in this. So it's hard to have any sympathy for anyone, because there there is no good, good guy, bad guy. You know, there's bad guys and more bad. Yeah, but what happens is, like what the doctor said in his speech, the mutoids and the thals join forces to fight the Daleks. So I guess that is one good thing that comes out of it. Like he said, you know, you have. Yeah. You mentioned earlier the clams. There was also another <laughs> creature down there, uh, and I had read up on this. So when the scene came by, I watched it carefully. But it was a uh, something crawling across. It didn't. I don't know. I think it had uh, anything. Yeah, but I've it was. Uh, it, it was part of an ice warrior costume. So was it like, really? Yeah. And I like <coughs> that. Oh yeah, that's the ice warrior. It's just like you know, reused costume or whatever. Um, but Did that, that was, ever become anything? Like, I don't know. It was just one of those things that, oh, look, it's one of Davros' creatures. And then, and then they, instead of that one, which looked pretty bad, they decided to make the clams the featured uh, <laughs> monster, you know. I, I still, you know, I was like, oh, thank God they don't move fast. I'm, I'm almost thinking that Tom Baker did that on purpose. Might have been ad -libs. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, they weren't moving at all, Tom. Giant pink clams, and he didn't see yeah. them. Oh, it's Harry for you. The, um... I feel bad for Harry. Oh, wait till you see his last episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, when, when they're talking to Davros to try to convince Davros to stop production because there's something going on with the Daleks or whatever, his, his talking is like, okay, you know, he's like whispering almost, he, he talks really soft, and he's like, sure, I'll do that, and he's just like, so, as he's doing it, you're, you're like, he's like trying to hold his temper back or whatever, and okay yeah that sounds good oh yeah yeah okay yeah whatever the production lines start yeah um that's when Nader gets because he goes to turn off the conveyor belt and he's album <clears throat> there's a um at one point davros is this correct davros davros what davros not davros Davros, I, I, whatever. Davros. Dav Davros, Davros is a city in Switzerland. Yeah. Davros. I always call him Davros. I think if you watch the show, someone calls him that. Just like, whatever. Uh, Davros. Um, does he have a? What's the total destruct button? I have that written down. There's a button. Total that destruct button that would destroy the, uh, the Daleks and the conveyor belt and all that. Who who designed that button? Yeah, Why would they have had that? Is that button? the one that he it's keeps holding his like yeah. shaking hand over? Why would he have that if he didn't? It's kind of weird. He's paranoid. Yeah. Davros has always been paranoid. Oh, you mentioned earlier. I forgot about this. You said that there are people nowadays are going back to this episode and thinking, oh, maybe that's that. The other one, which I thought was a little ludicrous, and I think um, John Peel put it in one of his novels that the Dalek that kills Davros kills him. Ends up being the Emperor Dalek. Okay, and I guess it John Peel. John Peel put it in his book, and I guess I mean it's kind of silly. Because uh, from after Genesis, that you go to the Trout. Uh, you could say it goes to the Hartnell era, and then the Troutman ones. So technically, it could be. Yeah, maybe. I'd rather I trust John Peel more than I trust the Yahoo. Yeah, John Peel's an author of um, really nice guy. A lot of the Dalek episodes. Um, 
he did a lot of novelizations of the episodes, plus he did a lot of Dalek stories, in, you know, original stories. And, and he stuff. lives on Long Island. Yeah. So he's always oh. local for conventions and stuff, and you can talk to him forever. He's very, That's on nice. Facebook, he's also very much, <coughs> yeah, yeah, he's recently... And, and then we mentioned six parters before. I didn't know this, but this is the final season finale six parter. Is that true? No, it can't be right. This is the season finale. Oh, it wasn't. Final no, six parter story to to not be a season finale. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. You're right. Okay, that's what I wrote down. Well, no, yeah, the last one not to be season finale because there were six parters in Pertry's era. Yes, that were six parters, but weren't. Yeah, Se season finale. But this is the last one to do that. The rest yeah. of them are all season finales. Correct. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Including, if you want to include Shada, because that no. was. Shada. No, 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 include no. Shada with everything. We still need to review that. Oh yeah. So um, it's not on BritBox. I checked. What Shada? Hmm. I have a, a bunch of notes here. Let me quickly go over Michael Wisher. Uh, he was also in Terror of the Auton, Seas of Death, Ambassador. Or, uh, Ambassador's death. He was. He did a lot of voices too. Carnival of Monsters. He was in Revenge of the Cybermen. He was in Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, Planet of Evil. I think Planet of Evil might have been his last episode. There's a guy in this episode who was a fall. Who was also a fall in Planet of the Daleks. Hilary Minster. If you say so. I just. I, I read that and I'm like, oh, that, that's interesting that he played a. He wouldn't play the same fall, obviously. No, because it's a later. Or, unless it's a later version of Peter Miles who played Niter he was in Silurians <coughs> and Invasion of the Dinosaurs Stephen Yardley was also in Vengeance and Varos was he really? yeah I don't know who he played but um, uh, let's see here blah 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 I'm reading this really quick um, three Daleks oh <laughs> three Dalek props from the 60s repainted um, for this one, do they have background Daleks that were cardboard in this one? Yes. Okay. Um, but you really can't tell that they're cardboard because the three main ones you're mostly, mostly focusing on, you don't really... Yeah. They did a really good job of hiding the fact that they used something that wasn't real, unlike the next episode that didn't try <laughs> anything. Stupid well, thing. you know, they, they blew all their budget earlier on. The rocket that they launched was... Re reused footage from Ambassadors of Death. Was it also one of the Apollos? It, it could have been. What rocket? The it's rocket Titan. that they launched up to. Um, it's to stock take out the NASA footage of yeah. the Titan. In this one? Yeah. yeah, it was the rocket that was going to take out the, they did the, twice. the dome. Oh right. And right, they also right. did it in the next yeah. episode too. And the Saturn rocket or whatever. <laughs> yeah. They just took NASA stock footage of the Titan rocket or Saturn whatever going up. So, is that it? That's, That's all, all I have. What else did you not like about it? Besides it being too long. It, it was. I was confused. I just. It didn't. I couldn't follow the storyline. So it didn't flow smoothly like some of them do. It just yeah. I just. I didn't know. Uh, half the time I didn't know. I think it was because it was no real bad guy or no good guy. There was nobody to root for. So. I was just confused about, you know... It was a very dark episode, too. It's Before the time, yeah. Yeah, and it's... I mean, there's not a lot of vibrant colors in it. It could have easily been black and white, I think. Um, there's a lot of characters that are similar to each other, 
and it's hard to decipher. I mean, obviously the scientists are all in white. You know, those are the good guys, maybe, but they're not. You know, they, they you know, and, and there's back and forth. Like, like you, you know, the Falls have always been kind of the good guys in Doctor Who. They've been good guys since the beginning. I've never seen the Falls before. I don't think. Well, in the no, Daleks, the first episode, they were the they the, <coughs> the blonde. They were the ones that were blonde, and they were the Did ones. Did we that do the Daleks? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yes, we did do the Daleks. Yeah. Okay. They're the main alien that were with the Daleks. They were... Yeah, that's the one where Barbara fell in love with one of them. Yeah, and there was, a, there was the, the girl. I mean, they were all, like, really pacifist, and they at the end they riled them up. Which to makes you fight. wonder how were... If you were going to try to put the Dalek episodes in some sort of a continuity, where would the, the first Dalek story, the Daleks, end up? Would that be, like, after some great war way in the future? I don't know. There's a lot of continuity issues with the Daleks because this one is supposed to be the beginning. Daleks is supposed to be way, way in the future, but... Well, there is a simple solution. They did... The Daleks do end up doing time travel, so maybe they ended up screwing up their own timeline. Maybe. I mean, with this show, you can do anything to make it make sense, but it does change what we see in the Daleks because the Daleks, we don't have any inkling of... You know, you know, Davros or anything like that, but it's so far in the future. But then, if the Daleks have conquered the universe, how come they're now back on their planet and they can't leave the city? Because <laughs> they have that static, you know, they can only run on either primitive Daleks or something. It's just kind of, you know, you could spend hours just trying to debate it or whatever, but we're not going to do that because it's kind of too geeky to do that. And <coughs> we watched Doctor Who, so we're not geeks. That's right. We're geeky enough, I mean. It's at the time it was an obscure British TV show. If I was 25 years old and back in, uh, maybe I'd be like, hey, let's talk about it, you know, but it's like, nowadays it's like, not really. It's like, who cares? That's because none of our friends care anymore. Well, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a complex story because there's so much political intrigue going on and sneaking around and there's a lot of back and forth and it's sometimes, I can see how that could be hard to follow. Um, it's and, definitely not an episode you would suggest for someone who hasn't watched the show before to watch no. based on the fact that it is confusing in places well maybe but, but I mean when, when you think of even though it is one and always in fandom it's revered as a top five when you think of the top ten stories this one's usually bubbling to the top yeah and I don't necessarily agree with that because I feel like there's a lot more and then when you when you say that it's like yeah I, I think Talons might be a better episode to watch yes that um, would be a better one for the first but um, Genesis it's always Genesis like Blink and Caves of Androzano usually one of those three are usually number one yeah and they're all very complex stories yeah I mean, this one's really, there's a lot of good stuff in this. I, I feel like, especially when you compare it to Revenge of the Sidemen, I feel like they put a lot of work into this, and there was a lot of, like, positives, and then when you get to the next one, it feels like there's more negatives than positives. I'm not saying that Revenge is horrible, but... No, it's not. It, it definitely is a huge drop in quality. Um, but um, it was very ambitious anyways, this episode. Very uh, violent. 
I even I, I wrote that down when I was watching it that <clears throat> people s complain that the doctor almost dies all the time in new episodes of Doctor Who but it happens all the time in old Doctor Who too well you think of every cliffhanger <clears throat> I'm amazed it's it's a this is one of the reasons why I like serials even though I know that at times they're hard to watch is you have to and, and regular TV has to do this too they they write the story with a commercial break in mind mm -hmm. so you're always going to have that moment where something someone pulls happened. a gun yeah. or and there's someone behind a door reading a slug it's got to be so limiting when that happens when you have British TV they don't worry about that as much or some British TV I guess but when, when the serial is just like that where they have to come up with a really good cliffhanger and like when you watch a story like the trial of the Time Lord, oh where the cliffhangers are a close-up of the Doctor going, <gasps> and then we've we've gone through a lot of episodes. We've seen horrible cliffhangers before. What was the one that we was talking about not too long ago, where it was like, what a horrible cliffhanger! Yeah, like you know, like Ambassador's death. Well, yeah, cut him out of there. Well, that was a good cliffhanger. But oh yeah, then, yeah, yeah. You know, I think they a good cliffhanger is like Sarah Jane falling is a good cliffhanger. Um, what was the one in this one? Was the first one? It was the Daleks, right? We just talked about it. The first cliffhanger with Genesis. Um, That's there we're doing the when the cliffhanger when the Dalek is first. Yeah, the Dalek is first. It's going to go after ta the Doctor, right? Yeah, and the scientist comes and says, "No, no, 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 no. Yeah. These they're they're not normal people." I mean, the, the resolution of these cliffhangers sometimes is horrible, but the uh, the cliffhanger itself is like. Wow, you know, you know, I, you could see where people would be like, "Oh my God, I want to see what's happening next week," and thank God we don't have to live through that because <laughs> we, we just wait two minutes and see what happens. But cue up the next episode. Yeah, I wish <coughs> Doctor Who would have a little bit more cliffhangers than they do. Not like well, they tried it not too long ago with those two-parters. You I like those? Yeah, I did. I like the two-parters. Yeah, I like every once in a while you throw a two-parter, have a cliffhanger. Make, take your time with the storytelling. I felt a lot of the stuff in what Chimbo did in Series 11 was too rushed. But I thought it was the opposite. I thought they had more time to do these stories. It Again, they weren't like two-parters, yeah, but... It just seemed like some of the There was more moments of companions time. Like rushed and stuff. Well, they need to go back and look at Genesis of the Daleks, for an example, as a good story where they handle two companions. And some of the Hartnell episodes have good episodes where they handle the companions well. The disadvantage is maybe you have to do a longer story. And maybe more two-parters would work good with that. Imagine Rosa as a two-parter right. where they would be able to have more <laughs> for the companions to do. I don't. Again, now you're dealing with do you have enough story for two parts? Maybe some of those episodes... I don't think Rosa would have been a good episode no, of two-parter. There was, was just enough in that episode. Job, maybe. There was a couple of them yeah. that you could have been longer. Like the one on, I don't know. I have to go back because I only watched them once, which is unusual. Yeah. I usually watch them more than once. Yeah, me too. But, but I the Jodie Whittaker thing, I got BBC America said, here, you want to review this? I said, yeah, okay, sure. And I just threw it on the desk. I, even, I did what you did. It's not even Albert's rapper. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's kind of cool. I'm still on the BBC America list. <laughs> we were getting episodes before they aired for a while. Yeah, I know. That was fun, then that stopped really That quick. stopped because someone ruined it for the rest of us. Yep. They would leak it. <laughs>
Yeah. We would send our, well, we do that now. I put the and review up five minutes after it airs on. Yeah, we would have, it would, the, the episode would have been on a, air, would have been in this little room on a Tuesday. We would watch it. And then Wednesday I would watch it again. As I'm watching again, I'm typing my review. Yeah. And then I just wait till Saturday after it airs in the UK and boom, it was great. Yeah. That didn't last too long, a couple of years maybe? Seasons. I'm glad we don't write to reviews anymore. I really, I'm, I would just do yeah, podcasts. It's a lot easier. Because so, now, it's a lot of effort. All the like problems. That. Yeah. So, um, anything else on this one? No. One of my favorites. Yeah. It's, um, it's in my top ten. Yeah, it's I don't, not in mine. I don't I put it up as high as, <laughs> as my top. I don't know if it's in my top ten. I think it has been in the past, but I think it slipped down a little bit. I, 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 I like what it does. It's ambitious. I like the concept of it, but um, maybe because it's a little bit too long. And Come on. It, well, the Killer clam, clams. clams. Killer the, clams. The clams don't help, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I can just imagine when you first saw this, on the first time it aired, like on 57, way back when, at least you and your brother were sitting there and you saw the giant clams, you just started laughing. Well, and I, then you I, go, oh. I don't remember being as critical about the show because... You probably, you and your brother probably saw it and just started laughing. But I don't remember be making fun of the special effects. I remember noticing them and going, ooh. Well, that was probably before you got into video audio and stuff like that. No, well, no, but I mean, you know, you know, it's 1975. Space 1999 was out at the same time. And so when you look at the special effects, Avengers well, size is... spent money. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference. They had $5 for BBC, and they had 5,000 pounds or whatever. And it's just a big difference. And it's like, boy, it, all they needed to do was do this, this, and this, and it would look a lot better. And mm -hmm. sometimes they did. Some of the special effects, they, like in um, Ark and Space, I think, were, were, were halfway decent. But um, it's just a big difference. And, and obviously money is, is the, and time. Is, is the thing and, yeah. and their and their video putting on video as opposed to film but so anyways um, I think that's it yeah thanks yeah. for listening and if you enjoy our podcast please uh, make a comment or watch more of them or listen to more of them I guess thanks